Welcome to the Coolcast. That's C-H-O-O-L. This is the vehicle for the voice of Dan Abernathy. My thoughts, my inspirations, and things that perhaps I want to say. This episode starts with a heavy heart. As my friend Terry Hill said, my heart is in the icebox. I cried this morning when I found the news of John Prine's passing. Due to complications from the coronavirus, spirit made him an angel, and the angel has flown. John Prine has been with me pretty much my whole life. I found his music when I left home at a very young age. His music was in my head as I walked the creek after my father died. His music has soothed me in sadness and lifted me with the positivity of joy. John Prine has walked on, but he has left a gift that will be part of people for eternity. He is now forever in the poster from an old rodeo. don't like her eggs all runny she thinks crossing her legs is funny she looks down her nose at money she gets it on like the easter bunny she's my baby and i'm her honey i'm never gonna let her go All my jokes are corny Convict movies make her horny She likes ketchup on her scrambled eggs Swears like a sailor when she shaves her legs She takes a licking but keeps on ticking I'm never gonna let her go
Our nose is right off of our faces There won't be nothing but big old hearts Dancing in our eyes Yeah, there won't be nothing but big old hearts Dancing in our eyes That was In Spite of Ourselves performed by Buck Frampton and accompanied by Anouk. Buck is up in the Pacific Northwest right now, and I will be having more of him later on in this episode. But for now, I'd like to do a proper send-off to John Prime. He wrote Angel from Montgomery, and it was pretty much made famous and brought into the limelight by Bonnie Ray. So here is a live recording of the two doing Angel from Montgomery. I'd like to bring out a friend of mine who wrote this next song, John Prime.
jazz in the kitchen I can hear on the buzzing And I ain't done nothing Since I woke up today How the hell can a person Gonna work in the morning Come home in the evening And have nothing to say John Prine, rest in peace. It will be amazing to see how your music progresses into the next dimension. We're in a weird time right now. The strangest thing I've ever seen, and I imagine most people feel the same way. This coronavirus is real. It's killing people. People are dying daily. I have been ridiculed a little bit, called an elitist, as it was suggested that I do not have empathy or care for the dying people. That is so far from wrong. I care about each person. I care about each person's family. I know what loss is. I've experienced it my whole life. I've held the loved one tight in my arms as the last breath left her. So nobody can tell me about loss. Nobody can explain to me that because I see things differently that I don't care about the emotions and the grief of other people. What I'm seeing is not the, the virus. What I'm worried about is the collateral damage. I'm not talking about the financial problems that it's causing, though one of the biggest concerns is why the corporations are getting so much money in the virus bailout. But I'm not here to, to worry about that because I have no control over this situation whatsoever. So I can step back and calmly be part of it, piss and moan, and not do any good, but create lower energy while I dance in the realm of negativity, or I can try to be positive, try to evoke a thought in somebody that perhaps there is something else going on. I'm all about being safe. If wearing a mask and carrying hand sanitizer is what makes you safe, then by all means do it. I'm using hand sanitizers every day, but I'm not going to stop hugging my friends, my family. I'm not going to hike in the woods with a mask on, thinking that the trees are going to infect me. What needs to sanitize is an attempt to isolate and eradicate an epidemic is the worm that is contaminating who we are as intelligent people. There's nothing weak about decontaminating yourself by avoiding certain people and the media. You don't have to be sheep 
following the flock off a cliff, which means you don't have to be like everybody else and lose the mental deficiency that I'm speaking of. You can be safe, you can be healthy, you can avoid stuff without following the frenzy of other people. You can protect your health and your emotional health. This is preventative medicine. This is wisdom. The most comprehensive and accurate observation of reality is the consistency being forced upon us. It comes from all forms of social media and the mass media. They are all intermittently defective, imprecise, and unreliable. They are in such a hurry to be the first that they have forgotten about being accurate. But with what is happening is we are evoking a false sense of security and creating a sense of disappointment. As you deliberately increase the physical space between people, staying at home and visiting loved ones and friends by electronic devices instead of in person is not visiting friends. That's sending a text. We are being told to create walls and borders and barricades for a safe zone, a way to protect who you are but by doing so, often these walls, borders, and barricades become a prison. And these prison walls sometimes don't come down. The phrase, united we stand, divided we fall, can be traced back to the Greek times. But my concern is, is that there's something else going on. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, or, but I have no trust. I cannot trust our leaders. I cannot trust our government. I just can't stop feeling that there's something else going on, that they're taking tragedy and using it for a different motive. They are dividing us. They are making us stand alone and standing alone as individuals, we can be conquered. It's when we come together and stand united. That's when the voice is heard. But now they put us aside put us in a prison and force feed us the noise that they want us to hear through social media and the news that is so corrupt with their haste to get the news out to fill the 24 hours of airtime with news they have us hypnotized into believing what is said is the truth when often it is far from the truth I just hope everything will change. I hope it all comes out. But in the back of my mind, I cannot let go of the fact that we are being corralled. We are being turned loose in a false sense of freedom and rushed to the edge of the cliff. But I'm not. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm just a small town kid that I think knows right from wrong. Though I'll quickly add that I've very seldom made the right choice referring to the last statement. Doctor, my eyes have seen the Yeah.
Putting it all aside and out of mind for a bit, now that the days are growing longer and the snow covering the ground is growing shorter, it is provoked time for a walk. A soak in nature. My destination for such an event is just outside of town a bit, Fremont Lake. Fremont Lake is just a few miles from town, but so much different in the snowpack. We're in all different times now, but mud season is here. And though the snow is receding, it is still here. The trails are not open and are still drifted in and the bottom is falling out of the ski trails. I followed a ski trail for a while before giving up to the post-holing effect of breaking through the crust and then I veered off into the unpacked snow. I saw some open water at the outlet of the lake and decided that is where I needed to be. With just about every fourth step, the melting snow would settle and drop into about a four or five foot radius around me. This sinking whoosh of the snow made the next few steps easier. As I got to the outlet, there was three trumpeter swans swimming in the open water and three Canadian geese on the ice's edge. I quietly stood watching and inhaling all of my surroundings. The sounds of nature were soothing and became a sedative. The swans soon calmed with my presence and started grooming themselves while emitting guttural noises. The honkers made a fuss and turned with the volume of the scene as the pair, mated for life, were being assaulted. The third goose must have lost its partner and had tired of being alone. The goose aggression painted some chaos in my serene scene of nature. 
Off in the distance, a few crows added their disapproval, or perhaps their applause, with unmistakable agitated voices. I was a part of it all as I looked, felt, and took deep breaths to fill myself completely with being there, my mind emptied from what was to fill with what is. As the sun dropped lower, I turned and headed back through a small ghoul of aspen. Reaching out to evoke the sensation of touch and stimulate another sense, I felt the smooth bark of an aspen tree. I became truly stunned at the difference of the aspen. I have touched many aspen trees throughout my life, but I believe this is the first time I actually felt one. The green live trees had a coolness to the touch, and their living energy, the brown and black aspen that no longer stood with life, were rough and much warmer. This sensation and realization not only stimulated my sense of touch, it also stimulated thought. The coolness came from the moisture, the lifeblood of the living tree, just as the fallen ones were warm and dry in the decay of their deathbed. Our senses, what we see, hear, and feel, is how we observe. They are the conduits in which our lives are influenced. Through them, we are touched with who we are. The more alive and active they are, the more we see and feel our surroundings, both the good and the bad. Stimulating our senses is not living to wake in the morning and stumbling through the day without seeing what the day is. This is a wasted day, but yet some do. Some seemingly never wake up. They spend their day oblivious to what is around them until they again shut down for the day. Sadly, this way of being often happens again the next day and the next and the next. It is a pattern that becomes a way of life and evolves into a life trait. You can choose to see the world as a threat with bad experiences where negativity becomes a way of being or as an easy out. Or you can choose to see and experience the world as each opportunity unfolds as a new anomaly where each moment is new now and alive. When your path through living has been enhanced with some adventure that perhaps included a bit of thrill and danger which sparks some more emotions of fear, you feel alive. It fills all the senses with life as each one is peaking with excitement. When you experience the world and living in, in transformative ways, all things become possible without limitations. These adrenaline-laced times influence who you are to better enjoy and live the quiet times of solace. These times of serenity also fill with wonderment and amazement as again, all your senses are alive. When you slow down and look at what's around, you will see what is there with new eyes. You will notice more. Explore your surroundings. Open your eyes to see the leaves, trees, clouds, rocks, and fallen branches. Observe the world for the mystical place that it is. Be there. It is not how far you walk or how long you are there. Just be there. Just immerse yourself when you are there. Be guided by your senses as you stimulate each one with completely being where you are. Now, it is time for the oral art of the spoken word. There is a tragedy involved with the mind and life of the blood. They live in places others cannot see. 
places others cannot walk in. They see life without looking and feel the breath of life with all their emotions. Their release are the few lines communicated with blood from the soul. This tragedy is also their beauty. A Greek goddess. The curved, sculptured roundness of her ass was exposed. The silky covers, messed and tossed aside, covered only her legs and shoulders. Her long hair tossed about in a natural, tangled garden of beauty, making her become the faint vision of a Greek goddess. The dampness of the night filled with lust lay dormant, while passion still lingered in the room. The contour of her hips resembled polished marble, as if they had been carefully carved by an ancient sculptor. All I could notice, all I could acknowledge amidst this moment of breathtaking beauty was a mosquito, setting on the sculptured roundness of her perfect ass injecting its stinger deep into the exposed, soft and tender flesh. Now, as we close for this episode, until the next time, I'm going to let Buck Frampton take us out. Sometimes sit and sing this song again about the pretty 
Chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. 